This podcast is brought to you by the International Budget Partnership and the International Institute for Environments and Development as part of an effort to explore issues, ideas, and examples of promising work at the intersection of people, planet, and public finance. Support for the podcast comes from the Swedish Postcode Foundation. Recently, through the Paris Climate Agreement and the Sustainable Development Goals, The global community committed to tackling the interconnected challenges of climate breakdown, environmental degradation, and poverty and inequality in order to realize a shared vision of a sustainable, just, and resilient world. The effective use of public money will be central to the success of this ambitious agenda. I'm Delaine McCullough with the International Budget Partnership, and today I'm with Murray Petrie, who's a public finance expert and the lead technical advisor of the Global Initiative for Fiscal Transparency. GIFT is a global, multi-stakeholder network established in 2011 that brings together governments, civil society organizations, international financial institutions, and other stakeholders to explore and share possible solutions to challenges in fiscal transparency and public participation in fiscal policy. It's through his work with GIFT that Murray has just released a proposal for strengthening how governments around the world are approaching environmental stewardship, drawing on lessons from the world of public finance, management, and accountability. Hi, Murray. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, Delaine. Before we dive in, I want to tell you about a conversation that I had many years ago with a close friend of mine who argued that there was little point in calling on governments in poor countries to protect the environment. His argument was based on an assumption that was held by many people at that time that until countries reach a certain level of economic and social development, they wouldn't and maybe shouldn't take on what many consider to be a side issue. Given what we know today, how would you respond to my friend? Well, Delaine, if that was ever true, it's certainly not the case uh, now. The environmental crises that we're facing, and I use the word crises, it's it's not just climate change. It's the long-term degradation across all uh, environmental domains uh, are reaching such crisis proportions that they really undermine the economic and social systems on which, which our societies are based. If you think about you know, the, the poorest in society, marginal changes in, in the conditions in which they, which they face, it could be due to water scarcity or declining soil fertility or indeed to uh, changes in climate, they're massively vulnerable to, to such changes. So if we think about the impacts of uh, the increasing natural disasters that we're seeing, the poor are generally much more exposed, more vulnerable, worst hit. I think you cannot achieve sustained reductions in, in global poverty without in better environmental management. Indeed, as the United Nations Environment Program put it last year, without a fundamental redirection, most environmental domains will continue to degrade, threatening the economic and social progress achieved to date. So we're not just talking about preventing uh, further reductions in poverty. We're actually threatening the, the progress achieved to date, and we could go backwards on poverty very quickly. It's definitely a critical issue, and I'm glad to be speaking with you today to explore how governments might be more effective in their approaches to environmental stewardship. Let's start with the problems that are in the current approach governments are using. Well, I think essentially there's a a serious lack of accountability, and I started this uh, exercise by asking the question, what would real accountability for environmental stewardship look like? And if we just think what are the core elements of management and governance, whether for a business or for a government, the first requirement is reliable measurement of the outcomes that matter. You need to know where we are now. Then you need to be setting goals and measurable targets so that you can assess whether you're heading in the right direction. And you need regular reporting of progress to entities that exercise oversight. 
and then you need analysis of performance and, and some holding to account of those who are responsible. And if we look at the, the current arrangements for environmental stewardship, uh, I've described them essentially as, as primitive according to that set of criteria. And if we compare it to how governments are held to account, for example, for how they manage the public finances. So we have inadequate reporting on environmental outcomes. So we don't really know the baseline of the state of the environment in, in a number of countries. Many governments do no more than make long-term feel-good statements about environmental goals without uh, the discipline or the, or the required transparency around interim steps, interim targets and milestones and reporting it. Uh, we're starting to see in the climate change space interim target setting, five-year carbon budgets, independent reporting and monitoring. We need to see that kind of approach applied across all environmental domains. Finally, governments do a lot of direct environmental damage through their tax policies and through environmental, environmentally damaging subsidies. The OECD has estimated that the 75 largest economies in the world, those governments spend 10 times as much on direct subsidies to fossil fuel consumption as they do on environmental biodiversity. So governments, while making the right kind of noises, are doing tremendous damage through their fiscal policy. Thanks for giving us that overview of what you see as the gaps in environmental stewardship. Would you now take us through your proposals for closing those gaps? The first proposal trying to strengthen accountability is to incorporate environmental indicators and objectives and targets into the government strategy and its medium-term fiscal strategy. As, as uh, you and I know, essentially the, the annual budget process is the government's key policy instrument for I implementing its strategies, for integrating, coordinating and, and prioritizing across all areas of government. Government regulation is obviously extremely important for environmental management, but there's no annual regulatory cycle, there's no regulatory mechanism for over, an overall coordinated strategic approach to environmental stewardship. Countries may have a national five-year plan or a, a national development strategy, but most of those strategies need to be implemented at the end of the day through budgets. And if we look at medium-term fiscal strategies around the world, they remain dominated by economic and fiscal data, fiscal objectives, to some extent social objectives, but very, very weak integration of environmental priorities into those medium-term fiscal strategies. And, of course, those medium-term fiscal strategies drive what is in the budget. So we need to, to see governments starting to incorporate a wider range of measures of progress, not just GDP, not just the fiscal balance, public debt, but what are the critical areas of environmental outcomes that are of concern and how should those environmental priorities feed into fiscal strategy and, and the annual budget. A small number of governments have started on this path. Uh, Norway's budget uh, starting in 2016 had, has some more detailed information on sustainable development and green growth, uh, including a discussion of the use of taxes to improve resource efficiency, the country's performance on climate change, and the state of ecosystems, etc. Ireland has started to identify those uh, elements in its uh, budget that are directly related to or dedicated to addressing climate change and is going to move on to, to assess the environmental impacts of, of public spending. Mexico as well, which uh, a year or two ago did a, an exercise mapping uh, its expenditure programs to the Sustainable Development Goals and also went the extra step of, uh, of identifying performance indicators for those programs. One of the challenges is, is how, how are those indicators determined? Essentially what we're talking about is setting overall policy priorities across economic, social and environment 
And, and these are inherently value judgments and political decisions and better informed, obviously, by widespread consultation, debate settled through a, a, an open democratic process. You mentioned that there's a weakness in how governments are reporting on the state of the environment. And this is the second key piece of your proposal. What would you like to have them do that's different from what they're doing now? Yes, there's a, a tool referred to as National State of the Environment Reporting, which essentially is a, a regular, comprehensive report on environmental indicators across uh, all, all the main environmental domains to provide a comprehensive picture of the state of the environment. Now, even in countries uh, where this is well established, the standard framework for national environmental reports is backward looking. You're looking at recent trends and current state. Uh, and I think with environmental stewardship, uh, a key element is where are we likely to be heading? Are we approaching tipping points, thresholds? What are the, some of the real risks that, that are being faced in the environmental space? But a key problem is that nowhere is government required to respond to one of these uh, state of the environment reports, uh, and they, they may disappear off, off the public agenda. So I think a mandated government response would be a very important element to add so that the government, after one of these reports is published, is required to state its assessment, its priorities for environmental management and improvement environmental outcomes, clear quantitative targets, and reporting against milestones. This is the kind of framework that I mentioned before we have for fiscal policy. The final part of your proposal is for governments to begin to introduce what's becoming known as green budgeting. So the, the first question I have is, what do you mean when you say green budgeting? And then how do governments go about doing it? Thanks for that question, Delane. When GIFT was formed in 2011, it set out 10 high-level principles of fiscal transparency, public participation, and accountability. And one of those principles asserts that governments should be transparent about the anticipated and actual economic, social, and environmental impact of fiscal policies. There's really no standards around that high-level principle. So that's really, I think, why green budgeting has been introduced in an area of focus. As defined by the OECD as recently as last year, green budgeting is essentially the use of the budget process to improve environmental outcome. Uh, on a positive side, there is a, a lot of scope, obviously, for using the tax system to promote improved resource allocation. So there is obviously major scope for carbon taxes, but there's major scope more generally for corrective taxes, if you like, to improve environmental outcomes by reducing socially harmful investment and socially harmful activities. And similarly, on the spending side, there are harmful subsidies embedded in, in, in many budgets, and but there's also great scope for improving environmental outcomes through uh, expenditure programs. A good place to start is by looking at the next budget and trying to identify provisions in the budget are likely to have environmental impacts, negative and positive. So it's a, it's a, a large field and the OECD is currently trying to sort of lay out pathways to introducing green budgeting. Thanks, Murray. Let's turn to the challenges that governments fight, face in implementing your recommendations, particularly governments of poor countries or those with weak fiscal systems or weak environmental reporting systems. And how can international actors and civil society help support governments in making these changes? Well, clearly, Delane, there are major challenges in, in taking up these proposals. There are political challenges, there are resourcing challenges, and there are technical capacity issues. What we need to see is increasing political leadership and, and political will to tackle these fundamental issues and to increase transparency and accountability. 
Yeah, if, if we look back 30 years, very few people would have predicted that many governments would choose to bind themselves in law to being very transparent around the public finances. And many governments have found it in their interest to do it. Political leadership has played a role. Given the size, the seriousness of the environmental crises that we, that we face, we need to see change in the political calculations around these issues. If we look at sort of the resourcing and, and capacity issues, if we start with environmental reporting, there's no escaping that uh, the kind of approach I'm advocating and, and others are advocating will require more investment. I think this is the ability to produce and publish data on the state of the environment is, is clearly core infrastructure. But I think clearly uh, more investment is required in, in uh, poorer and developing countries' environmental monitoring and reporting system. And I think that'll need to come clearly from uh, with, with support from the international community, from donors, from international institutions. I think what we need first is uh, more development of the techniques and the approaches and the frameworks. The OECD is doing a lot of work. The IMF is doing a lot of work on the revenue side. The World Bank is currently leading coordinated effort across international institutions to try and engage ministries of finance more in the climate change challenge. So you know, there's a lot of activity starting and it will continue. Uh, I think there's a very important role for civil society in this space in terms, for example, of you know, advisory panels who provide uh, systematic uh, inputs into into uh, government policy making expert civil society organizations to to, to analyze and, and put pressure uh, on on governments there's a role for citizen monitoring of environmental outcomes gift would would like to uh, play a role in in this space gift's method of working is to uh, is to promote peer to peer learning between governments uh, and to uh, involve uh, civil society organizations in that dialogue. Well, I agree with you about the challenges. And thanks, Murray, for laying out some of the ways that different actors, both nationally and internationally, can become involved. Would you like to leave us with any final thoughts? Well, uh, as I said before, I think green budgeting is is both uh, long overdue uh, and inevitable. Governments are doing a lot of damage to the environment through their fiscal policies, but also budget process is a key instrument for wider focus on environmental stewardship uh, and for setting priorities and for measuring performance uh, on a wider set of metrics than just GDP and, and, and the fiscal deficit. So I think you know, fiscal policy sits at the heart of the potential response to uh, the environmental crises we face. Murray, thanks very much for sharing your concerns and your proposed solutions today. And thanks to all of you who are listening for joining us to learn more about this issue and what it is we can do about it. Thank you very much, Delane. For over two decades, the International Budget Partnership has worked with civil society, governments, donors, and other public finance stakeholders to promote and engage in transparent, participatory, and accountable public budgeting as a way to fight poverty and inequality. The International Institute for Environment and Development has been an active player on the mobilization of climate financing and its management and delivery from global to national to local levels, with an emphasis on empowering marginalized women and men to have a voice in public and private climate-related investment decisions and oversight. IBP and IIED are now partnering on an effort to strengthen the capacity of civil society organizations and their networks, media, and formal oversight institutions to play an effective role in ensuring that public funds for climate action are used to create sustainable futures, especially for poor and marginalized people. Please visit www.3ppodcast.org for more information on Murray Petrie's proposal for environmental stewardship and links to other episodes. Again, that address is the number 3ppodcast.org.